afternoon. How are you? I'm good. We made it. <laughs> you look like you're in an art museum. I'm on my couch today, so hopefully it doesn't affect the sound. Uh, I am still in the closet. I actually just stay here all the time now. It's not even worth it to get out. Sure. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 16 of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals, entrepreneurship, and coffee education. Today's guest is no stranger to this show, Siri Simran Kulsa, the Executive Director of Coffee at Lofty Coffee in Southern California, is back for the next couple of weeks to help us get coffee smarter. Siri is in charge of the entire roasting program for Lofty Coffee, which now has six locations plus their market and wholesale program. Today, I ask her what mistakes new roasters make and how they can learn from her experience. It is something I've been asking all of this season's experts, and despite the question remaining the same, the answers have always been different, which speaks to the complexity of coffee and the various philosophies surrounding it. I should tell you that I'm working on this intro while eating a glazed donut and sipping on a cup of coffee. I'm a dipper. I enjoy soaking up coffee into my donut or the occasional breakfast cookie. I know that some don't, some might cringe even. But you're not here, and the beauty of being an adult is that when I want a dessert for breakfast, I can get it, and I can eat it however I want. I hope you're out there treating yourself to a craft cup of coffee from your favorite local coffee roaster while you listen to this podcast, and we all get a bit coffee smarter, courtesy of this show's longtime coffee expert, Siri Simran Kulsa, Executive Director of Coffee at Lofty Coffee Company. So on that note, we should start the show. Yeah, um, let's get into it. Siri, we have been trying to get together for several weeks, a month, month and a half uh, to get you on the Roast West Coast podcast. Excuse me, Roast West Coast podcast season six. Thank you for coming back. I'm always grateful for the time that I get with you. Thank you so much for having me. I always, it's always a great conversation. I feel like you always ask me out of the box questions that I'm sure your <laughs> listeners love to hear. So I'm super excited for what you have in store for us today. I just found out we are one of the top 10 uh, entrepreneur podcasts in Norway. So oh, people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> we are not so in the top 10 in America, but we are in the top 10 in Norway somehow. Amazing. Uh, I was going to say that. Uh, that you've made it to season six congratulations i feel like that's a big deal thank you uh you know you don't have to be good to be persistent i figure you just keep going yeah just if you just keep going forever and ever eventually people say oh he must know what he's doing he become the top podcast in one of the top (laughs) podcasts in norway so that's right um before we get into the question i have for you today uh, I want to ask you about something I saw on Instagram. You are part of another group called uh, the San Diego Coffee Network. Yes. With another great coffee person, uh, Sophie Short. And you do this thing called Give a Bag, Get a Bag. 
uh, meetups. And I'm wondering if you could tell me what that is and why it's like a, how does it benefit the coffee community? Absolutely. So uh, over the last just under a year is Sophie and I have been uh, running the SD Coffee Network and we've now done two give a bag, get a bag events. And the idea of it is really that it's a a space for people to get out and, and meet people who are interested in coffee. And by doing that, we invite everyone to bring a bag of coffee. And when you leave that event, you will hopefully bring a different bag of coffee home. So it's kind of a nice way to, first of all, sh- have people share coffees that they're excited about. Uh, but it's mainly about the hangout. Um, and the first one we did, I will say it was very successful. Four people showed up and it was a delightful time. The first one we did, yeah, it was super small, but it also allowed us all to really hang out and talk and get to know each other and to understand each other's interests in coffee. You know, we had someone who was a new barista just kind of getting into the industry. And we had someone, um, Justin from Gentile Coffee, who he had just was working on reopening his location on University Ave. So we had him there. He brought his friend who was a photographer. And so it was it was a mix of people, yet we were, it's kind of just like this space that, okay, the common thing is coffee, but we're really just here to get to know each other um, uh, on a human level. So this last one we had was really successful though. And not that the first one wasn't, uh, but a <laughs> lot more people showed up to this one to the point where, everyone who came brought more than one bag of coffee. So everyone actually ended up leaving with all sorts of coffee from different roasters. And something I thought was cool about this one was a handful of roasters actually came and not so much just like, I like this coffee, here it is. It's like, I roasted this coffee and I want you to try it. I'm excited for you to taste it. So that was really cool. There was people coming from all over San Diego. And we actually even had a group of people who came from TJ uh, in Mexico, just down south of the border. And we had folks who came who they didn't even bring a bag of coffee, but they just wanted to meet all the people that came and they're interested in perhaps opening a cafe. So it's really just a space for people to hang out and Every time I've done it, I've made a new connection. So it's a nice way to really network and share your passion for coffee. Just to clarify then on that, is it, you, you said it wasn't just coffee. It's not just industry people. Anyone, it's, it's open to anyone or is it more geared towards coffee industry people? It's absolutely open to anyone who'd like to come. Uh, and, you know, I think it's, you think about the people that maybe follow San Diego Coffee Network are a lot of them are in the industry, but I think a lot of them are also just perhaps coffee lovers or enthusiasts, or we even had someone who said, oh yeah, my I had a friend who knew I was interested in, or the, the folks that were hoping to op- are looking into opening a coffee shop, I think one of their friends just saw the post and shared it and was like, hey, this might be a great place for you to meet coffee people. It's really, anyone is welcome. And really it, it, it becomes... I think it's a space that whether you're a coffee nerd or new to coffee or just like to drink coffee in the morning, it's a space for anyone uh, to come. And you'll definitely have those conversations and and find 
that this space is super open and welcoming and shout out to all the people who've opened their place for us to host it and kind of take over their space. This last one we did was at Scrimshaw. And Scrimshaw, if anyone's listening, they just celebrated their, I think, fourth or fifth anniversary. Is their um, fifth. And a great little coffee shop. Their yeah. Fifth. So always a huge um, milestone for any business. So congratulations Absolutely. to them. Okay. So today, Siri, I want to ask you a question that I've been asking other coffee experts on the show. We don't normally double up on the same question for people, but this season I have because everyone has had a uniquely different answer. And so that just is interesting to me because even though all of the people I've asked this question have coffee roasting experience, they all took the answer in a different direction. So my question is, what are some common mistakes that new roasters, people that are new to coffee roasting make, and how might they try to mitigate some of those or learn from your experiences? Ooh, that's a really, really good question. I don't know. It makes me think back on what were the mistakes I made, <laughs> but actually, and I'm not presuming you made any mistakes. I assume oh, that you just immediately, sure right mistakes. from the beginning, you were just perfect at what you do. <laughs> but uh, not by a long shot. But I, I think that's sweet. But I think I do have to think about this for a second because I I think that roasting. So much of it is trial and error and experimentation. And like, there's probably a lot of common mistakes that people make that you almost need to make so that you can learn what not to do, but then also maybe discover something in that that works for you that maybe is different from some advice somebody's given you. So I feel like it's inevitable to... And personally, I find it like I would encourage that, that you just try everything in the bag and make those mistakes and learn what those mistakes taste like so that you have an understanding for why you maybe want to avoid that. But some some hard things that I notice, uh, maybe in newer roasters locally, and even people who've been like, hey, I have this sample that can I get you to try it and tell me what you think? Especially in specialty coffee, I find that newer roasters will roast very light. And perhaps that's like influenced by the trend or the information people share online. But almost without a doubt, the new roasters that let give me a sample to give them feedback is almost always that. It's just a little too light in my for my preference um and high in acidity and potentially like lacking in body and i think though it goes back to my first point of experimenting especially when you have a new coffee and a new machine and you're just excited about finding that sweet spot and seeing how exciting your coffee could be although that's a trend i've seen i think it's still necessary to do that and maybe offer your coffee as samples to other people and hearing that, that feedback it can be enlightening. So I hope that, did that answer? Yeah, I think so. I think the idea that you are willing to make mistakes and maybe even intentionally make mistakes so that you can, you can taste what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I might be taking it a step further so that you know later on in life when you're roasting, if you taste something again, oh, I made this mistake and I know what it is because 
I did it early on in a controlled somewhat environment. Yeah. Or maybe a not controlled and like someone was like, oh, that's kind of tasting a little bit grassy <laughs> or um, and then being able to compare that to your current palate and like be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Or maybe we'd be like, well, this is how I like it. So, you know, teach its own. <laughs> sure. Well, I think that's a I think it's a very interesting concept the idea of dialing in a coffee and the mistakes that are made when you're dialing it in that's kind of the the value of that is you're doing it before it goes out into the world um it is i don't know 85 degrees outside and i almost feel bad asking this question but we are officially in pumpkin spice season does lofty offer a pumpkin spice coffee well it's actually a really good timing that you asked I will say over the over the years I've worked there, there internally there's been a push against falling into the trend of pumpkin spice. But I have to say there is something to meeting our guests' wants. People want pumpkin in their lattes. We are doing a twist on it this year though, and in the over the last year we've introduced a new beverage to the menu called cloudy with a chance of cold brew and it's our nitro cold brew with a cold heavy cream foam on top and it's has vanilla and it's sweet and creamy and it's literally ice cream in a cup but for this holiday season because it's 85 degrees out and we live in southern california our our fall beverage is going to be a pumpkin pie cloudy and so we're doing a pumpkin pie syrup in that cloudy thick foam that we put on top of that drink and it's honestly so good again it's it's candy (laughs) in a cup it's candy in a cup and I feel like it's going to be a hit uh we're we're also dusting it with like a a graham cracker crust dust so it's really going to be a liquidy cold pumpkin pie it's gonna be good i think along with along with the idea of being willing to make mistakes i think one thing that i've taken from the last several years is to not be so hard on myself for maybe liking things that are mainstream if that's i don't i'm not claiming to be a hipster of any kind although i've certainly been accused of that i certainly wear enough flannels and i have a beard (laughs) i lived in brooklyn at one point but I certainly like had a opinion of like some things are just beneath me at, when I was maybe a bit less uh, worldly. And mm-hmm. I think over the past few years, the one thing that I've taken away from the pandemic as a whole, as just a general policy about how I live my life is to not be too harsh on myself, no matter what it is that I decide I like. If it's a crappy reality show or a coffee and i think the beauty of of pumpkin spice is it has a bad reputation to some extent in coffee people but there are coffee roasters like yourself or uh like coffee cycle or anyone who are making these fantastic drinks from scratch that are phenomenal and taste i mean exactly like what you just described liquid pumpkin pie that we can enjoy and not feel guilty about it totally i i'll i'm right on board with you on that where uh, I the other day I had a I was having a sweet tooth and I had a salted caramel latte and like I couldn't even tell you the last time I had had a salted caramel latte but I savored every sip of it because it was so good 
and just like <laughs> sugar and espresso and milk it's just how can you go wrong it's so good and it's like definitely trendy and the mainstream but don't knock it if it's good even if it's popular the only reason that I, I question is because this show is only popular in Norway. And so I would like people to say, oh, no, like, it's too cool. We need to start listening to it. I would like yes. to get to that mainstream popularity. Yes. Uh, Siri, <laughs> thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, I'm hoping that at some point it cools off. I've been in Southern California for 10 years, and I finally gotten to that point where I'm if the temperature is more than two degrees too warm or two degrees too cold, I complain about it. Hopefully... I can have a pumpkin spice cloudy and uh, and find a middle ground. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Okay, to recap, the primary lesson we learned today isn't entirely tangible, but it may be my favorite one from the entire season. There are no real shortcuts. Going through the trial and error of making mistakes while roasting is part of becoming a great coffee roaster. Don't get discouraged. Look at those mistakes as data points so that in the future, when you taste something wonky, you know what the hell's gone wrong. Siri more specifically mentioned that new roasters often roast their coffee too light. I've experienced this with some of the samples I've received from show listeners recently. Avoid going too light by taking the time to dial in your roast by adjusting variables, and then cupping those coffees side by side, preferably in a blind cupping if you can manage it. Ryan Sullivan from Moster Coffee Company addressed that earlier in the season, and he recommended that you try to roast new-to-you coffees at various levels of light to dark, and then start dialing in after cupping to determine which is closer to where you want the coffee taste to go. You can't magically look at a green coffee and know the best way to roast it right off the bat. Even if you get the first version right, you'll never really know until you've gone through the process. To learn more about the San Diego Coffee Network and to stay up to date on their upcoming Give a Bag, Get a Bag events, follow at SD Coffee Network on Instagram. And if you find yourself craving a nitro cold brew with a heavy cream foam on top blended with homemade pumpkin spice and dusted with a graham cracker crumble, you can find it at Lofty Coffee this fall. Finally, and this is for new roasters and humans generally, be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes. This is one giant game of trial and error. It's continually adjusting and adapting that helps us get better. The mistakes are like the stars in Mario Kart. They blast you forward. At least they speed up your learning curve. I'll share links to Lofty and SD Coffee Network on RoastWestCoast.com, which is where this show's newsletter lives online. If you want more coffee content, check it out, and if you dig it, please subscribe. There are free and paid options. The paid subscriptions go directly into the growth of this show. I'm also going to share this week a recent interview in which I was the one answering the questions, which were asked by Listen Notes, the podcasting app. You'll learn more about this show's origin story, my podcasting process, and definitely about some of the mistakes I've made along the way. Again, you'll find all of that on RoastWestCoast.com. In addition to the paid subscribers, I have a few coffee industry partners that I rely on for expertise and support. They include Café La Terre, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Company, Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Ignite Coffee Company, Morea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Ascend Coffee Roasters, and Zumbar Coffee and Tea. 
The glazed donut I was eating earlier, I was dunking that into a cup of Zumbar's Hummingbird Blend, which is almost always near my home coffee grinder. Thank you for listening and for supporting the show. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee.